Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You've all got a testimony, right? He's been better to you than you deserve, probably. <laughs> well, let's just remove the probably. He's better. He's been better to you than you deserve. He's a good, good God. It's all the time. You know, we're just getting started here, and and I'm just, you know, every church has a culture, and we all might be of the same fellowship, and and all of that. But each church, I've been in a number of them. Each church is individual, and each church has a wonderful history, but also each church has incredible uh, destiny for the future. And I want to tell you, I sense just such an incredible destiny of the future. For not only this house, but for this region, you know, southwest Washington and, and northern uh, Oregon. And, and um, uh, in just my praying and driving around us, I'm fairly familiar with the area, but just in just living here now for a month or so, we're so thrilled that um, uh, you didn't know this, and it's just by way of a short testimony. I mean, we tried for the last couple of years to buy a house in, in Texas, and we were able to buy a house. It wasn't that. It's just that every place we, we went to make an offer on, somebody bought it out from under us. They either made a bigger offer or whatever, you know, how those things go. And it finally got to the point where we're like, Lord, what in the world is going on? And um, a number of months ago, I contacted a realtor and just said, you know what? Uh, just take a time out. We're just going to stop looking. She wasn't a believer, but she knew I was a pastor. And I just said, you know, we're just feeling God is just saying, put that on hold. And... Um, uh, we, we, we came here and, and literally before we got out of town, we were able to buy a house. It's a, it's a miraculous thing. The, 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 when, when the suddenlies of the Lord show up in your life and get ready for them, I believe you're going to see a suddenly, uh, and many of you are. Um, God can turn things like that, that you try <laughs> your best effort and your best everything you got. And yet when the Lord steps in, uh, if God before you, what's to say? Who can be against you or what can be against you? Well, so get ready to go into the Word today. Just take your Bible. And just as a way of honoring the Lord, let's, you know what we're getting ready to do. But let's stand up and just, whatever um, format you have it in, let's hold our Word up before the Lord and say, I love the Word of God. Lord, I thank you for His promises. I thank you for His power. I thank you that your declaration over your Word, is that it will do what it was sent to do. Lord, I pray today, my mind be open, and that I be a hearer and a doer of the Word of God. Turn to somebody and say, you'll never, never, never be the same again because of this book. I love your Word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I've been talking uh, for the past several weeks about having our spiritual eyes open. There's a reason I was talking to you about beginning to look to see what the Lord is doing. We live in a very toxic world. It's anti-faith. Yeah, I know about the Antichrist and all of that, and you know we're not we're not getting into the eschatology part about it. But I do know one thing that every one of us has to deal with is the anti-faith culture that we live in. 
And so whenever you begin to see with supernatural eyes, one of the things it does, just by virtue of seeing in the, in, the, in the realm of the spirit rather than just in the realm of the natural, is it builds your faith and you begin to expect and anticipate to see what the Lord is going to do. You need to be looking to see what uh, God is doing, not only in the world, but what God is doing in your life. Because he's active in your life. Don't believe the lie of the devil that, well, God only works in, you know, in certain people's life. No, he loves everybody. He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'll be with you to the very end. And uh, he's there, and he has a purpose and a plan for each of us. And he's there to accomplish it. He said those things that we commit to, to him, that he is able to uh, fulfill it and see it through to the, to the very end. And so he's involved in your life every season of your life. Over in Mark, and it's not in my notes, and so he's not going to pull it up, but over in Mark 16, Jesus was talking about, it was, it was some of the last words he was speaking to his disciples before he went, uh, before he ascended into heaven. And he said, he said there, that you're going to have authority, you're going to go out, you're going to be able to cast out demons, you're going to be able to raise the sick, you're going to be able to all of those things. But he kind of gave uh, the insight and the, and the pattern, if you will, to how and why it works. He said that the signs would confirm the word. I believe that uh, the church not only needs it, but we are entering into a fresh day where there's going to be enough evidence that will support what we talk about in the Word of God. And not that there hasn't been. I want to talk to you a little bit about three mindsets that release your miracles. And I don't care where you're at in life. I don't care if you're young and healthy as an ox or if you're getting older and you're struggling. It's not even about physical things. But all of us are going to find probably more than a number of occasions in life where we need a miracle to take place. I, um, I'm beginning to see how it operates here uh, in the spirit uh, because Pastor Mike and I don't coordinate. Hey, Mike, I'm preaching this this Sunday, so get a couple you know, courses that will fit with my message. Uh, we haven't been doing that, but yet um, uh, I've been noticing that uh, the worship service connects with what I'm getting ready to speak about. And that's a wonderful thing, a great, a great testament to the spirituality of our worship team. And, and it's not just, you know, putting, putting songs on a page. It's a, there's, there's some hearing and, and, Lord, what do you want to have done? And I appreciate about that about them. And, um, but this morning, some of the songs, I'm like, man, uh, that's just custom made to where, where I'm going into the Word today. Um, over in Acts chapter 5, if you read the fifth chapter of the book of Acts, and that's not on the screen either, but there's the same thing, that they saw through the ministry of the apostles, they saw signs and wonders, that, that everybody around whatever community they were in recognized, man, there's something about those Christians going on. Uh, it's not just that they go in and have a, you know, a, a, whatever they do on Sunday morning or, or whatever that is, and, and, uh, but they were seeing the impact of the supernatural breaking out, and, and it was really showing up in, in, in miraculous things. Um, we have uh, two of our, our folks here that are basically, I'm looking at, uh, you know, the recovery, uh, Vernon, of you, uh, of your uh, hip surgery. Everybody knows about it. I, I hope I'm not speaking out of line here, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's remarkable, because I've been through with quite a few folks that have gone through what you've gone through, and and uh, they're not as spry as you are today, or they were not as spry. So I'm like, well, God, it's a great day, new technology, great doctors and all that. But there's something going on that's more than just doctors and devices and all of that. The hand of God is upon your life and upon yours as well. Um, so I'm going to take us over to Luke chapter 4, and then I'll um, make a few comments, and we'll get into the word here. But over in Luke chapter 4, let's turn over there. This is where Jesus uh, was in the temple. He began to read from the book of Isaiah from the prophet. They gave him the book, and, and I'm not going to read all of it. But um, it says that he came to Nazareth. He came back home. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. 
and to proclaim, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That was Jesus' mandate. That was his ministry. And by virtue, um, uh, as he fulfilled his task by being faithful to the cross, he released that now under the New Testament church. We all have this same uh, call, if you will. It says he closed the book, he sat down, and he told them today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And then it goes on, and now it gives us a little bit of insight to the reaction of the people. Because we're Christians, we read that and we say, yay, Jesus. Jesus is telling them. He's giving them, he's letting them know, I'm the Messiah, I'm the one. You would think that everybody would be thrilled with that. But that wasn't the response of the people. And so they all bore witness, verse 22, and marveled at his gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Number one, they couldn't believe that Jesus was, was saying who he was because they knew his background. They knew where he came from. They knew his father. They knew his family. And then they said in verse 23, it actually, once you open that gate of, of doubt and negativity, it never just parks and puts it in neutral. No, it keeps on going. And that's what you see happening here. He, and he said to them, he said, well, there'll come a day. He said, surely you'll say that this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And what he's beginning, what he's letting them know is, is that I hear what you're saying now, but you need to understand there's going to come a day whenever you're not going to believe in uh, the, the things that you see that I'm doing. And indeed, they didn't as a nation. So that's just a, a little bit of, by virtue of, of, of a setup here. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 12 real quick. I'm going to read a verse here or two and... Um, We'll go to our main text. Therefore, uh, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that's a tremendous uh, teaching in itself. Uh, delve into that a little on your, own, uh, on your own time. But because we're surrounded by this uh, cloud of witnesses, basically those who have gone on before, those who have finished the race, and they've given the example to us, he said, because of that, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What he's saying is, don't let anything in this world or about yourself uh, hold you back from pressing in and, and, and following the example of those that believe God for great things. That's what he's telling them to do. I believe within this church, I, I know enough of the history of it to know that this church has a history and has a faith uh, a DNA that this place has been born and primed to believe God for great things. And uh, that's part of who you are. That's part of who we are. And we're just here to say, man, we're going, we're going all the way with this thing. Uh, I'm going to have you turn over to Second Kings now, chapter five. And before I begin to read there, the last couple of years, um, I began to see some things happen in ministry, in uh, lives of just common, ordinary, everyday people, in in the churches that we were ministering to. So much so that at the uh, the first Sunday in 2022. I had, uh, on that first service where we were, you know, kind of, hey, it's a new year and all of that kind of thing, uh, people are sick of COVID and, you know, we're just, you know, just, it's just like, okay, man, let's just, let's just begin to move on with all of this stuff. But in 21, uh, you know, it was kind of a tough year for us there. And I suspect it was every place. Um, but, uh, I began to see, we began to see God do incredible, miraculous things in the middle when we weren't particularly pursuing Incredible, miraculous things. We were just trying to live like everybody else trying to live. We were trying to get the church kind of um, uh, coming back together again. And, and all of the things that went with that. It, 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 it was across the nation, indeed across the world. But in the middle of that, I began, and a couple of the leaders with me, we began to notice. And you didn't have to look deep. I mean, you just had to see and, and, and what the Lord was doing. We began to notice um, uh, some miraculous things began to take place. I won't say spontaneously because we were praying, we were calling upon God, all of that. But in the realm of miracles, it's not about what you do. It's about what he's doing. There's a sovereign dimension to it. And you'll never understand it. You'll never understand why some get it and some don't. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even try to understand that. When, when, we, when we get over there, we'll understand. Okay, we'll know we're, we're known. But I just know now um, we're called to keep, 
keep believing, keep pressing in for it. But I can tell you what happened over, since those events took place earlier in the year to when we just left a, a month or two back, is that in the preceding period of months, we began to see the Lord do things with hearts and bloodstreams and, and circuitory things in the church. We would have prayer most every Sunday morning. And yeah, we would pray for people, but the testimonies came in. It wasn't about, oh yeah, I got prayer Sunday and this happened. It was just about, yeah, I've been, I got prayer or we're doing what, but, um, what was going on? I was on this med and I don't need to be on this med. The doctors actually said I don't need to be on that med. And, and we just began to notice something's going on in bodies concerning hearts and circulation. There's another church in Northern California, they began to see similar things, but it was with brains and dementia and Alzheimer's and uh, Parkinson's. There's another church uh, in, in East Texas. They began to see things in um, joints and backs and skeletal things. And the pastors, me being one of them, were just like, the Lord is up to something. The Lord is doing something. We've all, all those churches have been praying prayers of faith and believing God, and we see measures here and there. But uh, I'm telling you that to tell you this. I'm telling you for a couple of reasons. To build faith here. And I want to talk to you about, in the, in the very, I'm going to give you three things, three mindsets that you need, three areas that you need to position your thinking in if you're going to be involved in the miraculous in your own life or within a church that you're a part of. Over in 2 Kings 5, I'm, not, I'm just going to jump down to verse 10. It's the story about... Uh, Naaman and Elisha, Naaman being the leper. I don't have time to go through. I, I wanted to tell the, those, those testimonies. But um, Naaman was a leper, and somebody told him a little, a little um, girl that was a, a slave girl that was working, said if Naaman would go, there's a prophet in Israel, and he would be healed. Verse 9. So this is where Naaman picks up. He's heard the story, and so he heads his way to find the prophet. Then Naaman went out with his horses, Second uh, Kings chapter 5, verse 9. Naaman went out with his horses and chariots. He stood at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. Your flesh will be restored to you and you'll be clean. But Naaman was furious. He got angry at that. He didn't receive it well at all. And he went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, how many have talked to yourself from time to time? <laughs> we all do. He said to myself, he'll surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of God and wave his hand over the place and he'll lepsy it. Are not the, uh, the Ab- Ab- Abana and far, far rivers of Damascus better than the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and clean? So he turned, went away in a rage, and his servants came near and said, hey, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, you would have done it. How much more says you go wash and be clean? So he went and dipped. His flesh was restored. He turned to the man of God and he said, you're God's God, and I want to bless you. Three mindsets that will release your miracles. Three things you're going to have to shift in your thinking, because we all have uh, the propensity of naming within our flesh. First, don't miss your miracle because of the messenger. He was expecting a particular person to come and be the one that would bring the miracle, that would make the pronouncement, do what he was expecting, the prophet himself, Elisha. There used to be days, and there was, and they're glorious days. I love reading the accounts. But there were days of the healing prophets and evangelists traveling America with the tents, A.A. Allen and Oral Roberts, and you can go down the list. I've read the stories of them. I love, they're my heroes in the faith. 
And that was a time and a way and a season that God was doing things. And basically it was, if you get to the tent, if you get to the right place, if you get to the right man or the right person of God, one of my, uh, I, I went to one of her, uh, uh, one, one meeting right after I got saved to Catherine Kuhlman's. I, I was fascinated with Catherine Kuhlman. And, uh, and she was right in this area for a while. She would have crusades and, and, uh, and then it was, if you got to the right place or the right person, you know, miraculous thing happened. What I'm going to tell you is you go through the, through the Bible. Now, in the book of Acts, it talks about the apostles, and that is valid, and that is true. But as you go through the teaching and the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was saying there's just going to come a time when basically this, this is the way that the body, this is the way this is going to happen in the body of Christ. And it's not, it's not individual focused. It's really heaven focused. And anybody that's a part of heaven is, is a, a releaser of the miraculous power of God. That's really the, the, the principle that's there. But still, today, people, um, are, 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 they have a propensity. They want, they think if they get to the right person, the right messenger, it'll happen. And the only thing with that is that COVID happened. And so now the messengers, you know, the tents, the great meetings, all that, they're not out there like they used to be. And if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about miracles, it's focused on a particular individual with a particular gift. What, man, what do you do with all that? Because it's not, it's not supposed to be. The only individual it's focused on is Jesus. He's the one that made the way for it. He's the one that we go to. He's the miracle worker. And so you're going to have to get in your mind that, listen, my church is just as powerful as any Catherine Kuhlman meeting. And I don't mean just this church. I mean my church being the body of Christ in general. My church, is just as far we have just as great of messengers in any church as what uh, the prophet Elisha or fill in the blanks of anybody else in New Testament book of Acts time or any time after that. It's not about the individual messenger. It's about connecting with those of like faith. That is critical in the days that we live in. Here's why. Because God wants to use you. <laughs> I don't care who you think you might be. The devil is a liar. He'll tell you that you can or shouldn't or won't or not able, but that's not what the Lord says about you. The Lord says that, he said, I want you to go and bring the good news everywhere. And in that, he said, signs and wonders. That's what, that's what was, uh, he was saying in Mark 16, that the Lord will confirm the word. There was one of my heroes in the faith as well was, um, oh, and I just forgot his name. He's the, uh, Wimber, John Wimber. He was, he birthed the vineyard movement. And John Wimber came up with a, with a ministry model that I still believe in today. He called it power evangelism. That is, is that whenever the believers live life anointed with the power of God, that evangelism is just the, the byproduct of the power of God. That was his whole point. That is true. That needs to be here. That needs to be in you. That needs to be in, point to your neighbor and say it needs to be in you. <laughs> so don't miss your miracle because of the messenger. Naaman almost did. Secondly, don't miss your miracle because of your mood. <laughs> because Naaman, it didn't happen the way they wanted. He didn't get it from uh, from Elijah. It was totally different than what he thought it would be. It says that he was just angry. He broke out in a rage. He was furious. Uh, as you go and follow the life of Jesus, that same thing happened to Jesus over and over again. He would do things, and he would do things where somebody would be healed or delivered or saved or set free, and people just got angry. It just, it just, they would, it says in, in some of the same language and in the original, they would just become furious. They would become enraged. They would try to throw him over a cliff. They would try to kill him. They would try and it would just slip out. It wasn't his time. And here's this thing that the miraculous has a tremendous impact upon the moods of people. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, God can do it however he wants to, whenever he wants to, with whoever he wants to. All you need to do is say, here I am, Lord. I am a willing vessel. I am, I am in need of, of your touch. I, I can go through. Uh, Jesse was, had no believers around her. 
Yeah, Sam, we prayed over him and then we let him go. And, and uh, what I'm going to say is it doesn't matter. You don't need to be in church to get the miracle. That's the whole point. That's what I'm trying to say. Matter of fact, you can be in the middle of an unbelieving and perverse group and God is not hindered by that. Let him move. And as a matter of fact, God does some of his best work in places where the devil thinks he owns the territory. Ha <laughs> ha. Sometimes you just need to laugh at the devil. Greater is he that's in you. So don't, so because, uh, because Elisha sent out his servant. Remember the guy we were talking about last week? I think it was the same guy. Cause he sent him out and said, go tell him to go, uh, dip in the Jordan seven times. Man, Naaman just blew up at that. Aren't you thankful for the long suffering of God? I'm done with you, Naaman. Go take care of your leprosy however fit you can. Oh, I might have done that. I know you wouldn't have, but I might have done that. But thank God God doesn't do that. Thank God he made sure that in somebody who didn't even believe, they said, Master, if he'd have told you some big great thing to do, you would have done it. But he just said, go get in the Jordan a few times. Why don't you just go do it? What did he say about the peacemakers? That's what's happening. They inherit, don't they? Don't miss your, your miracle because of the messenger. And don't let your mood cause you to miss the miracle. And before I move on from that, I, I can tell you, in that mood thing, it's not so much anger with Christians that I, that I see, but it is discouragement and depression. Because I've asked, and I've asked, and I've gone to that meeting, and I've gone to this meeting, and I've gone forward, and I've done this, and, and still it hasn't happened. I'm just going to tell you, do a mood check. Do a mood check. Lord, I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to keep on believing you. What did Job say? Lord, even if you slay me, I'm going to trust you. I wish, if Susan was here, she could tell you how to keep your mood in check. I'm probably not the best guy because my mood kind of will go wonky at times. But God's faithful and he's merciful and all of that. But uh, I will tell you that um, over in Luke chapter 4, don't go there, but it, it was kind of the same thing. Jesus was talking to those in the synagogue and it said, when they heard these things in Luke 4.28 uh, on your own time, it said they were filled with wrath. I think that was a couple churches I preached at years ago. I don't know. It uh, uh, might have been the same place. But uh, it's amazing. Sometimes even in the middle of the, You've got to watch your mood in church is what I'm trying to tell you. Man, if Pastor Mike would have just sang that song. <laughs> watch your mood in church. It's not about us. It's about heaven connecting you with heaven. Last thing. Don't miss your miracle because of the method. Wow, this is a whole message in the point. He didn't like what he was told the way he was told to do it. I've had people actually say, and so I ask people this when we're in times of prayer. uh, Because I believe in James 4. I believe in the anointing of oil. But I ask people, do you mind if I anoint you with oil? And the reason I ask that, because I've had times where just out of my exuberance, I'll pull out the bottle of oil and I'll start putting oil in people and uh, and they didn't appreciate it. (laughs) Just, I don't know. So, the whole point I'm trying to trying to make here is the method is really not the big deal. Whether they lay hands on or whether they stand back and pray. Whether they pray loud or whether they pray privately. The the method, here's the thing, the methods change. The message never changes. The methods change. Jesus reached down and spit in the dirt and made a mud ball and anointed the guy's eyes. But he it tells us he did that. He might have did it more, but it just tells us that wasn't his way for dealing with blindness every time. That's my whole point. <laughs> I 
I've been, I, I went to a number of Benny Hinn meetings. Benny Hinn, I guess the polite way to say it, Benny Hinn was a lightning rod, okay? You either liked him or you didn't. And Benny did some things that were, you know, made me scratch my head, but uh, we used to meet in a large theater. And anyway, Benny rented that theater, and we provided the sound, and Benny came to our church. And uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, there were people that were very excited, and then there were people that were angry. And one of the things they didn't appreciate was Benny would take his coat, and he would throw it at people. An odd method. I didn't try to copy it. You don't have to worry. I'm not going to wear a coat and throw it at I'm not going to throw anything at anybody. I can tell you. I'm not going to do that. So... Uh, but I will tell you, there were two people, uh, one that had eyesight problems and another one that had a, a, a cancer in their, um, uh, a woman who had cancer in a reproductive area, and they got hit with Benny's coat, and it wasn't just that night, but it was over the next few months, uh, doctors verified they were healed of their issue. What, did God heal them because Benny hit them with his coat? No, God healed them because they had faith and they believed and whatever that all was about. God, he works in mysterious ways, that's the point. Three ways to guard your heart from the method trap. Uh, check your expectations. What are you expecting? That's what Nathan had to do. He was expecting it to be a certain way. Check your preconceived notions. There are no perfect, great healing evangelists. There never has been. There never will be. Oh, there are people that have anointing. But check, but check your preconceived notion. Some of those preconceived notions are God doesn't do that anymore. God will surprise you sometimes by what he still does. There's a great book. You need to you need to get it. Surprised by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jack Deere. I recommend it. Go look it up. You can still get it on Amazon. Wonderful book. Uh, you need to check the pride of life. That's kind of what was operating in Naaman's life. He was a king. He was a ruler. He was a pow- uh, powerful individual, and he expected things to happen certain ways. He had pre he had the pride of life operating him. Listen, when it comes to miracles, there uh, I, I can't heal a hangnail, hangnail, and neither can you. But God, there's nothing impossible with Him. We walk humbly with our God. I read that. The other day in one of my devotions, and I, I've always had it in my mind that I walk humbly before the Lord. No, it says I walk humbly with my God. The method never changes, or the message never changes. The methods always will. I want us to stand up. Uh, are you willing to let God do whatever God wants to do His way in your life? That's what the message basically comes down to. Lord, as long as it comes from you, I want it. If you need a miracle, just lift your hands. I'm going to pray a simple, short prayer. If you need a miracle, I don't care. And it's not just about healing. We always talk about physical healing. Miracles are not limited. Their miracles are unlimited. They, they contact and impact every, every circumstance in every area of your life. First, we're going to release this. This is what I want you to do. If you, wherever you're at, look around. If you see somebody with a hand raised, I want you to stretch your hand towards them. If you see somebody with a hand raise, matter of fact, if you're next to somebody that has a hand raise, just reach over and put your hand on them. Just a point of contact of faith. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to operate in the miraculous realm within this church and within these lives. Every person that has their hand raised right now, they're saying, I need a miracle. They're bringing it before you. God, uh, I pray now that heaven will be unleashed within these people's lives. Those miraculous things will begin to be met by the power of God. Lord, move beyond circumstances, move beyond hindrances, move beyond sicknesses, move beyond lack, move beyond whatever it is, and do a miracle within their bodies, within their lives, their circumstances, their relationships. Lord, I look forward to hearing the testimonies come back.
as they, as they come back into the house, as they trickle in, oh, you won't believe what the Lord did. I want to hear about those folks. Now I want us to all raise our hands and come into a prayer of agreement with this, and then we'll dismiss. Lord, we're believing that you will still confirm your word with signs and wonders in the day that we live. Lord, we're not seeking the signs, we're not seeking the miracles, we're not seeking the wonders. We're seeking what you've said heaven would release unto us. Lord, we pray that the word will be confirmed, your word that is so glorious and powerful, but there will be a confirmation of your word as people encounter the miracle-working God in the day that we live in 2022. Lord, I, I pray that this church will be, a, will be a, a place in this region that would begin to be known for if you need to have a miracle happen in your life. We don't know how it works. We don't know what's going on. But if you make it there, let it be a place where people can come. It, it, won't, it won't look like anything they expect it to look like. But God, they'll have encounters with you. We're asking you for people's church to be that type of place in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray as I release these people, they will go out and they would be uh, those that would be workers of miracles in the city. Lord, our city needs the power of God right now, today. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done within my life. (laughs) God bless you. You've been wonderful today. Go have a wonderful week. If you still need prayer. Uh, I'm going to be hanging out down here. We'll have some other folks. If you still need prayer, come on down. We'll pray. If not, go have a wonderful day.